Two, two very important announcements. Um, as I say, I am not Kate Middleton. Neither is Kate Middleton that Kate Middleton. Um, although we did do a conference last year where we had Kate and Will as our two keynote speakers, so we were quite pleased with that. Um, and Will looks a little bit like Will, so that's okay. Um, so I'm filling in, I'm going to give you the world's quickest introduction to 21st century challenges. Um, and this is really just five, ten minutes just to get you interested in some topics for this afternoon, which are about what are the big challenges going forward. And the, the 20th century that we've just come from has got some sort of unenviable statistics. You know, more people were killed in war in the 20th century than in the previous 19 centuries before that, for example. But what's the 21st century going to look like? Um, there's always the joke, isn't there? Don't worry, it'll be over in 100 years. Um, and then slightly more philosophically, the great battle scene, I can't remember if it's the charge of the light brigade or something else, but, you know, 100 years from now, we will all be dead. Um, so it is crystallizing our minds to think about the 21st century. Most of us are not going to outlive it unless there's some very, very young people here I haven't met yet. But it might be good to ask someone who does know the future. So this, this picture is of uh, Marty in, in Back to the Future. And um, he goes forward to 2016. This is Back to the Future 2, one of the great remakes of cinema history. And he goes back to the future to, to 2016, 1-6, i.e., four years' time. So if you want to find out what things are going to be like in four years' time, watch the film. It's worryingly accurate and worryingly inaccurate, but it, it's quite a laugh once you've got past the um, lack of acting, but there we go. Anyway, he does see a way to get rich quick. He sees this almanac in the window of this antique shop of things they don't have in 2016 anymore, and he realises that if he's got this almanac, he can go back to 1980s, whatever it was, and win all the betting on the horse races. So, for example, what he does is he does something that he thinks is going to improve his future by making him well off, but actually it's got a whole bunch of unintended consequences, and you'll have to watch the film to find out what those unintended consequences are. In the same way, in, in, in the Christian story, in the Bible, a man and a woman eat an apple which they think is going to improve their future, but it actually continues to have unexpected negative consequences. And you have to read the Bible to, to find out the end of that story, although I suspect many of you know it. So over the course of the last century, we've seen huge advantages, huge advances comparable. You know, we had the printing press was invented a few hundred years ago. Massive shift as information became available to people. And now we've got the, the internet. Next slide, Dougie. Um, just huge, huge, huge amounts of information being made available right across the board. The internet, of course, started. Tim Berners-Lee, who was again also featured in the Olympic opening ceremony, um, there just a few sites, the military communicating, education, universities communicating. Nowadays, Google tells me, and I don't know where Chris Williams has gone, but Google can probably automate this for you, Chris, so you don't have to have your alarm each month. Um, but Google tells me there are 700 million websites in the world today that are available. Healthcare has gone from an infant mortality that was absolutely vast to now the average life expectancy being round about 80 years. Space exploration has gone from a sort of dream to put a man on the moon to now, it, well, okay, it hasn't got quite that far. I think one guy bought a trip on a rocket, didn't he, recently? But one extremely rich man bought a trip to space. You can't go on holiday to Mars just yet. But things are moving forward at a tremendous pace. But, next slide, Andrew Marr tells us, each move forward brings fresh problems. It's all a shaggy dog story of unexpected consequences. 
And in the same way that Marcy in the film buys the almanac thinking this is going to be good, he doesn't factor in for the problems. It's just all positive, isn't it? But there have been problems. So with the internet, there's been the issue of the digital divide where... Again, the same Google website tells you that all of these websites are used in the Western world, but not as much in the developing world. We hide stuff behind firewalls. There's also been health inequalities. There's also been space, billions for space or or billions for peace. And of course, water is cheap, but, but space seems so much more attractive. But I think one of the big messages for this afternoon is that a lot of the unintended consequences are emotional consequences. So people say, you know, are mental health problems on the increase? Now, the, the, the prevalence of schizophrenia, for example, is, is not particularly on the increase. It's fairly static. But anxiety and depression, stress in general, time off work, etc., somatization, back pain, all these things are rocketing through the roof at the moment. And we might have developed in terms of culture and science, but gained stress. So we've got the family unit breaking down, the lack of cohesion there. The working week is no longer the working week and you haven't got job security anymore. The social media actually makes us more unsociable and the majority world are leaving the West behind as we're very much stuck in this huge credit and debt and all those kind of things that that go with that. And that's having huge emotional consequences. And I guess one of the things I was thinking is that are we equipped... Are we equipped to do this? Next slide. We, we, we might have bigger brains than Homer Simpson. Bless him. Isn't he lucky to have a brain that size, I always think. You know, he's basically focused on food and beer. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Those of us who have to live in a very, very complex world, our brains are a little teensy-wincy bit bigger, and our CT scans or MRI scans look slightly better than that. But are we actually equipped to live at that rate? Are we actually able, should we actually be living at that date, rate? So some of this is about coping with the 21st century challenges, and some of it is about saying, I don't want to run with the crowd into all of that. Let's have the voice of sanity mixed in with this. And that all raises the question of what does Christianity bring to this? What answer does Christianity have to the problems of the 21st century? Next slide. Um, Christianity has got a history, unfortunately, of making grand promises in the area of emotions. So, for example, if you do this, then God will do that. In money, we've seen the worst of it in the prosperity gospel. You know, if you do this, oh Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz? Or I resist the temptation to sing because the senior pastor, Carl, you heard this morning, sings that song quite enough. But history has got, Christianity has got a history of making grand promises sometimes. And we need to find a middle ground between not going to prosperity gospel and saying, if you are a Christian, you are effectively a bulletproof monk and this kind of stuff won't affect you and all you need is faith and everything will be fine. At the other end of the spectrum, we do want to say Christianity has got some unique distinctives. We, we, we follow a person who is absolutely amazing and has a lot to offer beyond that. We also believe there's a vital spiritual um, element to, to what Christianity is saying. And also the Bible is absolutely packed full of stuff about emotions and things like that and about life change. What we shouldn't necessarily be doing is saying verse A plus problem B equals solution C because life doesn't work like that. The Bible wasn't intended to be read like that. We've got to find some of it out. And just to finish, really, maybe to say, rather than it being transactional, you know, you give God money and something else comes back, maybe it's a little bit more complex than that. Next slide. Maybe it's a little bit like yeast working its way into dough. That's the parable, isn't it? Yeast working its way into dough, getting in and amongst it. 
Spirituality being part of the conversations in our society. Maybe it's about salt in the meat, permeating, protecting, but being part of it. You know, salt in the meat, not gamma radiation from outside. Salt in the meat, yeast in the dough, community in the city. And a lot of the things we've been talking today are about how can the church get outside of its walls and begin to work with like-minded groups, begin to work with the marginalised, the deprived, across all kinds of different spectrums. There are, of course, poor and lonely poor people. There are, of course, lonely rich people as well. So, you know, working right the way across all these various different divides and spectrums. I'll just finish with a, a poem, if I can, the next slide. This is a, a, a sort of one of my favourite quotes. T.S. Eliot, The Chorus on the Rocks, writing about cities, he says this, When the stranger comes up to you and says, What is the meaning of this city where you live? What do you answer? Do you huddle together because you love each other? What will you answer? Or will you say, We dwell together to make money from each other? Or will you say, This is a community? And people live in Edinburgh and Scotland and the UK for a whole bunch of different reasons. But why do we come together? Do we come together because we're trying to make money or because we've got a job? Or do we come together because we realize that the sum of the parts is greater than the individuals? You know, we are here as community. We are here together as we share our stories as um, you know, one of the things I was going to say this morning was that the, the, the church is, sometimes needs help with mental health problems. The NHS needs help with spiritual problems. That is a good solution because everyone is bringing their strength to the table. Everyone is getting what they need help with. So how can we work some of these things through? Let's think about yeast in the dough, salt in the meat, and community in the city. Thank you.